Gonzalez Sun back with you at the Matadome. Allen's into my sure to my side. So we just wrapped up the red black scrimmage. First of all, what a great job by CSUN putting this event on. Taco truck outside. You know, it's King won the World Series, but it was still a fairly decent crowd at the Matadome. So hopefully that bodes well going forward. What were your thoughts overall of the fact that A, they had the event, and B, what the response to the event that you saw here? Uh, just as you said, I mean, uh, for a, a night when the World Series is on, probably had near 100 folks here, and they were lively and, and cheering for uh, for their classmates and, and friends and family. So I thought it was nice. I actually really liked the intensity of both teams. That's what I liked the most. I mean, these guys were out here with the lights on, and they were uh, playing hard. Smart move. For the first time in a few years, a lot of home games for CSUN this year. Not really doing that much traveling. Any travel is going to be fairly local, and they're going to schedule some home games. You New Mexico coming in here. They have Portland coming in here. Uh, Tennessee Tech, I believe, is coming in here. And then a couple other opponents um, over the course. Uh, Sacramento State will be here in December, among others. Um, so good for the team to get used to playing on this home floor. A lot of young, a lot of young guys. That's exactly why I like what uh, Coach did with this uh, black and red game, having two exhibitions. You know, some teams would like to play those closed-door scrimmage, but I think it's better that you get the fellas, especially when you have a young team, get them used to playing uh, with the crowd, with the lights on, with the pressure on, uh, and I think it just it's better. They'll be more comfortable come uh, New Mexico because they would have played three times under the lights here. Right. So we explained early, red team, black team, we had... Uh, we had Jeff Dunlap coached the the black team, and Mo Williams had the red team. In the first game, the black team kind of ran out to lead, and the red team kind of ran over him a little bit. In the second game, they switched up some players, and it was a close game. Let's go to the first game. Um, when we came out, you looked at the black team, and you said, oh, this team could do some damage. Why, why did you feel that? What did you think by looking at the original black team? You know, the original black team, they have played together. That's the team that's uh, been intact that we've seen in practices and scrimmages. Uh, the red team did not have two of their starters. They didn't have Henderson, nor uh, did they have uh, Janae. So I thought because they were down two of their normal starters that it would be a little bit difficult. And the, the black team got out to a good early lead and, and held on for a while, and then Talon took over. The final score of the first game was uh, red 38, black 23 on the black side. Brendan Herrick led them with seven points. But there were a couple other guys. Um, Blair Orr came in, had six points and nine rebounds. Teddy Ochiang had six points and three rebounds in just eight minutes. And I thought Darius Brown stood out. He played all 20 minutes of the first half. And Brendan Herrick also played all 20 minutes of that first half. Well, I thought Darius Brown did a good job running the team and playing great on-ball defense. He's such a smart young player. I mean, he's a freshman. But there's a lot of uh, intelligence, a lot of maturity in his game. So I thought that even though he didn't have uh, as much talent around him, that he made the most of the players, uh, the most that he had on the court. So I really like uh, Darius's game. And uh, But I was kind of curious to see who would end up winning uh, between uh, Gomez and uh, Harkless. And Harkless ended up winning both the games. If you look at who, when he was on a team, he won both halves. Yeah, the first game, the red team, Harkless, Gomez, and Godfrey. And those are three guys that just get after. Those are three guys that just compete. I think Matador fans will have fun watching the three of those guys play, particularly when they play together. I really like Gottfried. You know, sometimes, you know, Coach's son kind of gets forgotten. But Gottfried, is, he's a gamer. He hasn't played really in about two years. He, he didn't get a chance to play at North Carolina State. But he's a talented player. He's a smart player. And he can make perimeter shots. So I like Gottfried. I think he's going to be probably the sixth man, seventh man. 
So that, that's a good bow's well for the Matadors. Bless you, Alan. Sorry about that. What did you think of Jared Perry today? He could make free throws, which is uh, – yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> that always sticks in my mind because those are free. He was active, yeah. uh, played hard, did a good job defensively. But they're going to need him to be able to step up and play good defense, get rebounds, and then when he has an opportunity to get to the free throw line, make them. Avery Martinez, we haven't seen him in practice. He's been out. You want to grab a sip of water? Yeah. Uh, Avery Martinez, we've seen him kind of working out with Steve Greck. We hadn't seen him live on the floor. He got out on the floor live. Not much time today. What were your first impressions of Avery Martinez? That he looked rusty. He looked rusty, but he was active. See, if you ever played in a long time, you could be hesitant. He was not hesitant. He was active, played hard. Didn't, you know, get a flow on his shots, although he had a layup, and I think he made a jumper. So I like the fact that having not played in a long time, he still played hard, and that's a good sign. That means that he's always ready to go. First half um, shooting numbers, 23.7% for the black team, 45.9% for the red team. And the red team started off 1 of 8, so they really heated up as the game progressed. And that was largely Terrell Gomez was 5 of 9 from the floor. And then Cameron Godfrey hit a couple of big shots. And then the big fella, uh, Jared Perry, got a couple of dunks uh, in transition as well. Uh, black team, 1 of 7 from Darius Brown, 0 of 7 from Alex Ogle, 3 of 9 from Ben and Eric. They actually started 5 of 12 and ended 9 of 38. So really when the red team kind of turned up the defense and intensity, that turned things over for the block team. That's how they were able to win in the first half. They were outscored 14-11 in the first quarter, but outscored the block team 27-9 in the second quarter. Yeah, I mean, it's just sharing the ball, playing hard, playing good defense. And, uh, you know, the team that usually has the most experience, if you've got Terrell on the team, and then, look, Harkless is a player. I mean, he'll, he's a freshman. He's going to make a mistake. He's going to kind of maybe uh, force some things. But he understands the game so well. So uh, this Matador team is going to be very, very competitive when they uh, get all their players back. The second game, they kind of flipped it a little bit. They separated Harkless and Gomez. Harkless, Sokol, Godfrey, Ochiang, Kaba, P- Perry on the black team, Gomez, Brown, O, Herrick, or Martinez on the red team. Um, obviously, the standout on the second game was Alex Sokol. He did not hit a shot in the first game. was 0 for 7. The second game, 7 of 8 from the floor, 5 of 6 from beyond the arc, just kind of showing what he can do. And I know you kind of talked to him a little bit. He was pretty frustrated after that first game. You know, I didn't say much to him, but he did kind of slap him on his shoulder because we know he's a much better shooter than he showed in the first half. The problem for Alex is that he's not going to have an opportunity in games to go 0 for 7. He's going to have to be like you know, the microwave. He's going to have to come in and make his shots. But in the second half, he really got honed in, made the shots we know he's capable of, and that's why they won the second half. I mean, the black team won because of Alex Sokol knocking down shot after shot. Consistency-wise, uh, I mean, Elijah probably was the most consistent guy in both games. For sure. Uh, on the defensive end, passing the ball, getting into the rim, uh, that's another guy we'll talk about free throws. He's going to have to do better from the free throw line. Maybe when the lights really come on and they're playing a different team, uh, guys will make free throws. But the free throw uh, misses, that was the most disappointing to me because those, you could go out there, Gazal, and make better than 50% right now. And you've probably not shot a, a free throw in a real game in about 15 years. 12 of 28 overall from the free throw line. Uh, in the first half, it was they were three of eight. In the second half, they were nine for 20. And you were you were you were on that right away. 
that's going to be a problem because of all the Reggie Theus teams, the one thing that had positive, they were a very good free throw shooting team. Well, I'll take if some wins to be a poor free throw shooting team. If they're able to get some wins uh, not making free throws, that's fine, but usually you can't. I mean, you've got to be able to make 70% of your free throws, especially on the road, as I always say. And at home, you should be able to make 75%. So guys are going to have to get in the gym and really concentrate and hone in on, on doing the right things in the free throw line. Three-point shooting, and it's gonna something that the Matadors really haven't done much of in the last couple of years. Six of 24 in the first half, nine of 19 in the second half. And, you know, Gomez can shoot. We've seen Harris shoot. Alex Sokol, obviously. Um, Darius Brown shot five three-pointers. Probably not something that he's wanting to do. But, obviously, when they get Rocket Henderson back, That'll become an aspect of this game. Well, three points are going to be their bread and butter. I mean, this offense is geared to get you open looks at the three. So when the three-point presents itself, you got to shoot it. So if uh, you can get Sokol, you can get Herrick, and Gomez, we know he can make some threes. Henderson is a good three-point shooter, too. But it's going to be Cameron Godfrey who comes off the bench, gets a couple of jump shots, makes some threes. I think as a team, they'll probably shoot near 38 39% as a team because they've got some shooters. All right, they're about to kick us out here at the Matadome. Give me your final thoughts, Alan Zinsmeister. Final thoughts is I, I like this young team. They play hard. They play together. They didn't give up. It's uh, going to Thursday. They're going to play against uh, a team that they're more talented than, but it's a different team. So the energy level will be high. I think they're going to come out here and uh, really uh, play some good defense. And I'm, I'm glad that this team now finally has a chance to play against someone other than themselves because they're probably tired of beating up on each other. That's Terrell Gomez stopping by to say hey. So you'll be on the call Thursday, Antelope Valley U, and then I'll be on the call with you a week from Thursday for CSULA. So Alan Zinsmeister, Ghazal Hassan, offering thoughts on the red and black scrimmage here. It was a great night at the Matadome, open to the public. Decent showing, despite the fact that it was the game one of the World Series. And we kind of got to see them under the lights, as, as Alan talked about. You can get out here August. October 25th, Thursday, is a is a uh, exhibition, and then a second exhibition a week from Thursday, November 1st, against Cal State LA here at the Matadome. For more information, go to GoMatadors.com.